Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy who might or might not be codependent. We'll find out today. And I'm here with Jenny. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a person in long-term recovery. So we're going to talk about codependency. Uh, I think, you know, after our topic a couple weeks ago about enabling, you know, the idea of the enabler might have some codependent tendencies. I think it's a thing that's thrown around, obviously, in Codependence Anonymous, which is its own 12-step fellowship, but also in the world of Al-Anon and Naranon might even get tossed around in adult children of alcoholics at times. This idea of being codependent. Um, it's interesting because I've heard so much about it over the course of my recovery and, and, you know, therapy work and everything. And what is it? Where does it come from? How does it exist? But also some contrary statements to, you know, well, so for instance, I was in a a training or a talk uh, by the, one of the people who coined the term back in the 80s. And they wow. actually said, you know, we basically we look back at this and kind of wish we wouldn't have coined this term. Because while there is some unhealthy factors that people can take on in relationships and some unhealthy behaviors that, you know, minimize their importance and maximize the importance of the other what we're coming to understand more and more is that humans as mammals are co-regulating beings and like we don't survive by ourselves and we really do need other people. So it's less, I guess from the idea of this codependent thing, everybody was like, Oh, I need to be fully self-sufficient and just take care of myself. And I need to be provide myself with everything I need. And that's not actually really all that healthy either. So it's not so much that they were saying, the idea of what people think of sometimes as codependency is bad, but just we don't want people running around thinking they need to be all on their own and not tolerate anything from their partner. And, you know, as soon as they do something wrong, I need to leave and, and not put up with that bullshit that my wife or husband is doing. And like, that's not really the case. Like, we do need other people. So it's been an interesting journey hearing about all this codependency stuff. You know, the, the book Codependent No More was a really interesting read. Um, but I, I think you're going to introduce us to like this idea and the definition of it. And, and then we're going to take a quiz, right? Yep. I got a quiz for you. I'm going to find out how codependent I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what you brought up about, you know, we need each other and we're, you know, interdependent. Um, that's, that's the question I've been wondering. What's the, where's the threshold between helping your loved one and, uh, being a narcissist? You know, like that word narcissist kept coming up and I had to like double check the definition for that. Like you don't want to be a, like a selfish jerk, but you don't want to, you know, enslave yourself to others. And it's just you always have to check your boundaries. But we'll get to that, I guess. Should we start with what's the old saying? The whole uh, that guy can't be a narcissist because he'd have to think of himself more than I do or something like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think I heard that one. I, uh, my father said it a long time ago. I wish I remembered what it was because it was pretty funny. <laughs> we'll edit it in. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, codependency is needing to be needed, only feeling valued when you are needed. And this could be by a romantic partner, a parent, a child, a coworker. It can even be stuff. Uh, you, you you are codependent to your stuff if like you can you can only have like Aeropostale clothing, size four. I'm only valued if I have a boyfriend. Um, can you be codependent on drugs? Is that a thing? Uh, I think they, is that just addiction? <laughs> is that, I mean, are you, I mean, you're dependent on them, but is that a codependent? Like, do you gain value because? I wonder. I'm so, only, okay, go I, ahead. I guess just from the idea of like, uh, if I feel worthless, I'm using this other thing to take away that worthless feeling. And so in, in this codependent definition, it's saying like, oh, well, I'm using this other thing to give me worth, right? Like this person, these clothes, whatever. <laughs> Drugs might not necessarily give you worth, but they are taking away that worthless feeling. So I wonder if it's very similar reaction. Interesting take. Well, and, and you see so many of us and, and myself definitely included in this, when we get clean, the first next best fill in for that, right? Like you pull the, the drug tissue out of the tissue box and the next thing that pops up in its place is relationships because goddamn, they are validating. Actually, I went to food, but. Oh, <laughs> I went at that whole, you know, when people say like an attractive girlfriend fits you like a cardigan or something, like you walk through the mall feeling like the king of the world because you're like, oh, everybody's jealous of who I'm walking with. Your cardigan. Like, yeah, right. I just, all right. I guess they're not jealous. Maybe it's a pair of Jordans in 2021. I don't know. But just this whole idea of like that really made me feel so worthy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm oh. interrupting. Uh, no big deal. Um, uh, so actually, and you know what? I didn't even know there was a codependency anonymous until I started Coda. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever go to one? I have not. And and the only reason I didn't check it out because I thought it was fascinating and and probably applied to me at some point. Um, but when I had kind of learned about where it was and when to go, I had also heard that it wasn't very good. Oh, okay. So that particular meeting, not the the program, but that meeting wasn't all that great. And so I was like, eh. I'm guessing they're few and far between because I hadn't heard of one till now. I and think the one I heard of was in like Towson. Okay, that's too far. That's what, well, yeah. I was down there. I mean, everything's online now. I think the first time I heard about codependency, well, I think I heard about it in high school, like maybe like in health class or something, but it came up in rehab with ACOA stuff. And then when I read the ACOA laundry list and codependency was on there and a description of codependency, and I, that's when I really learned about it. And they, they hit, they, labeled me with that in a rehab <laughs> they so. labeled you with it yeah put the stamp on as uh -huh. you rolled by on the conveyor belt <laughs> it was so funny when, when i was grade in... a codependent <laughs> <laughs> that was me that's me <laughs> yeah when i was in rehab and uh like my first like one-on-one -on -one with the counselor and she was like going through my um whatever how i was doing or whatever and there was this acronym over and over acoa acoa i'm like what what is this acoa she's like oh that's you like and <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's that's that began my whatever journey with ACOA and codependency. But that laundry list is good. Anyway, codependency's more a symptom of ACOA and then it's also its own thing because you could be codependent on non-addictive things. Um so Don't they become addictive once you become codependent on them? Um good point. Yes. 
Just curious. I won't argue with that. Am I codependent on my vape? <laughs> <laughs> huh. Doesn't give me worth, but oh, then I'd be hard pressed to be without it. No, I wouldn't say that's codependent. It has. I think the the cincture is. Does it give you a sense of value, a sense mm. of self worth? Are you not cool unless you're vaping? I don't really think I'm cool when I'm vaping. A lot of times I'm mm-hmm. vaping and I'm like, God, these people probably think I'm such a douche. <laughs> I want to hide it. I'm like, <laughs> I wish it didn't produce any smoke or whatever you want to call it. I wish it was just clear and you could never see it. Good. Keep thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back back on track. Yeah, all right. So uh, codependents have a hard time saying no when asked for help. Hmm. Uh, and they, uh, codependents avoid conflict because they want to and they want to fix other people's problems they need to feel in control um this one i'm i'm awfully guilty of and even recently codependents get upset when people don't recognize how much you do for them i found myself the other day so it's uh back to school and uh there's a new routine and this year i'm driving my kids to school and mornings are hectic and whatever the morning wasn't going as smoothly as possible and we finally got in the car and we're on our way and i was like raising my voice and like you need to be faster. You can't be watching television until you're done. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know how much I do for you? And holy shit, I would like Ooh. in my head, I went ping. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's so interesting. It just came out of my mouth and I realized I'm like, wow, what was that? So that, that brings to mind for me, like that whole concept of uh, the people who label themselves or get labeled as the martyr, right? Like I always thought right. of my mom is the martyr. She's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, she'll do anything for you, but be resentful and miserable the whole time she's doing it. That could that could be codependency symptom right there. A lot of a lot of shame and guilt behind that. Mm-hmm. Like she wouldn't be able to live with herself if she didn't do those things to help out. And yet at the same time, she wasn't happy living with herself doing them. Yeah, so guilt and shame weird. are definitely fuel for the codependent fire. When I think of codependency, I don't really think of how much I do for people or them not acknowledging it. Like when I picture it in my life, at least today, mm-hmm. I picture those times when I can't be happy unless the people around me are enjoying themselves. Like, so we'll do something as a family and we'll go to an amusement park. And then one of the kids maybe isn't having a lot of fun for whatever reason. And I can at times and not as often anymore. There's a lot of times I can separate and say, you know what? Like that's not mine. That's theirs. And I can't control it. And I'm going to have a good day regardless. But there's been a lot of times in my life that it's like, I'm miserable because I can't fix the others around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I picture my like codependency looking like. Mm-hmm. And I've, I mean, I've come a long way, you know, with the recovery journey of, but I used to be very much like that. Oh my God, they're not having fun. It's my fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'll get that way even when they are having fun and they swear to God to me, they're having fun. Like this is more with my wife and I just don't believe her. And I'm like, she's not really having fun. Uh... I can't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> she's got, she's got that face of not having fun on I'm like, what the fuck? i make shit up i really do well you know you have a good imagination i have very good imagination it's always gloomy though yeah, i never imagine I like that. i bet she's actually happy she really yeah. looks like she's probably happy deep inside. well maybe you could catch yourself have a plan when you see the gloom coming be like oh oh let's use my imagination to do a better job this I time i wish right a little pep talk before you go to the fair? I, I was thinking the other day, like, uh, you know, learning about this. And, and this is kind of, I'm taking a training right now, uh, polyvagal theory. And it talks about this, like this state of even when things are well, 
Like there's always the, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this isn't what it's supposed to be. And then it could be the day where everything's exactly what I wanted it to be. And then I'm like, but when's it not going to be like this? <laughs> yeah. It's like that constant. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, definitely it's gotten better. It's not to that point of like it, my life is miserable over it, but it's still it's still there. Like I still recognize it regularly. I'm like, Oh my God, I am. And people call that pessimism, but I, mm. I think it's something deeper than just pessimism. So it's the well-worn path. From... Yeah. It's, it's the rut. Yeah. Not the groove. The groove okay. is where you want to be, but the rut is the opposite. It's, oh, all right. It's the same path, but negative, I guess. But then again, that's labeling. You know, we talk about Buddhism, like one's good, one's bad. Like if you look at it, a groove and a rut are the same fucking thing. Are you in a groove or are you stuck in a rut? Like, you're stuck either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Anyway, I, mean, I can't help think about negativity bias, too, when we're talking about this stuff. Just, you know, your mind's always going to go towards uh, what's worse because it helps you survive. Well, and we're programmed to pick out what's wrong in the picture. Mm -hmm. Not what's not the 99 things that are right. We're programmed brain-wise, like you said, for survival to pick out the one that's not right. So we'll go through life and not acknowledge the 10 things our kid did today. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. But we're like, but you didn't do that one. Yeah. And now the whole village is going to burn. I love that you scored four goals in your soccer game, but that one you missed and kicked it over the corner. Oh, oh we got to work on that. You didn't do that. No, did I didn't. You? Okay. But I, I could easily. Yeah. Like that's Your brain that. went there and you chose not to. Phew. Okay. Right. Keep making that choice. <laughs> but hopefully you won't go to that quickly in your brain. Um, so where was I? I was looking at lists and description of codependency. Um, do you, do you ever, well, this will come in your quiz when I do your quiz. Um, codependents will do things that risk their own health and safety for other people. Hmm. Risk my, like, like literally risk my own health and yeah, safety? Yeah, I mean, I don't have that like... exciting of a life, but maybe risk my own mental health. Oh, I, I, yeah. My mental health is on the back burner at times. But I'm not like... Yeah, I'm not like jumping off a seven-story cliff to like whatever. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> bungee jumped to save, mm -hmm. you know, I'll catch you in midair. Like I'm not that <laughs> heroic, I guess. Yeah. Or, or don't face those kind of situations to mm -hmm. know if I'm that heroic. Yeah, I'm like really against like breaking bones. So I'm probably not going to. I have never. Same. Knock on wood. Mm. <laughs> There's still time. It's all going to come when I'm 60. My hip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, codependents do not assert their own needs and people pleasing. Holy shit. Was I, I was a people pleasing. Hardcore that's people pleaser. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Pleasing. That's so me from before. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a good people pleaser. Oh, it's still, what, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, that's why I was such a good administrative assistant. I'm like, you got it boss. And I was right on it. Mm. So I don't know if I'd be a very good administrative assistant now, but yeah, I'm not as good thing. I don't need a job. <laughs> And that's the thing. So some of these things are great, right? We find some self-love, some self-acceptance through recovery, through therapy, through our practices, and we get better with these things. Sometimes slowly over time, sometimes there's, you know, large leaps in how much better we get in moments or, or really deep understandings we gain. But it's not all like rainbows and unicorns when you get healthier and nobody ever prepared me for that, right? So like, yeah, 
I don't people please the way I used to. I will not make my life as miserable to go out of my way to make others happy or to do what I think society says I'm supposed to do. Like there's a lot of times today I can just choose what I really want. And it does make me happier to do that. And that's great. But then there's other things like when I hated myself, I was in the gym all the time and like $500 in GNC supplements. And like the reality is I looked better on the outside, I guess. Right. Like, and of course I was a little younger too, but like I lost that drive when I got healthier. I'm like, eh, I don't really need the gym six times a week. I can go three and it's all right if I don't look perfect and flawless. And, and so there's definitely the part of me that's like, that's sad. I wish I had the body back from when I hated myself or I wish I had this part of like, I used to perfectionism, big part of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And now like where it's safe to make mistakes because I love myself. Well, I make more mistakes. Imagine that. And I'm like, damn it. I kind of liked when I didn't make more mistakes. Like it was kind of nicer. So nobody prepared me that there's also some, uh, I guess, quote unquote drawbacks. Now the bonus to that idea is that when I make mistakes, it doesn't really break me the way it used to. It's not a, a day ending event, right? It's not a depression for the next few weeks. It's like, ah, darn. <laughs> okay. What's next? Right. Yeah. So that's how do you great. judge those mistakes? Right, you know, right, how, right. you know what weight do they have? Yeah. There's the freedom from the no self judgment, but there is definitely without a doubt more mistakes in my life today because I don't, I'm allowed to make them. And I'm like, ah, I liked when I did everything better. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting us way off. Oh no, that's not way off. I think it ties in. Um, but you, your obsession of working out, that would be a codependency on stuff. You had to have that body oh, yeah. for self-worth. Hmm. Codependent on working out. I guess I still kind of am. I got on the scale the other day and, and was depressed. Really? I, I was. Not deeply, but uh, it's, mm-hmm. it did. Like, I haven't been on a scale in quite a while. And I got on and I was like, really? Oh. That hurts my feelings. Oh, well, I think you look great. Well, thank you. But it was, yeah, I was like, I can't believe I don't weigh more than that. I got a scale recently, but <laughs> I was really careful to buy one because I know I'll obsess. <sighs> but I had a doctor's visit over the summer and I was like, I better do something <clears throat> about that. Anyway. Yeah. I got to make sure I don't obsess over that. So. Codependent on working out. Very interesting. So many, uh, so much of the causes of codependency are uh, rooted in fear of abandonment and I somebody I read somewhere that's like fear of abandonment is the universal shame. We all have that at some mm. level. And I, I I'll agree with that. But, you know, um codependency is caused by toxic shame due to trauma. I find it so hard as a parent not to fall into like codependent patterns because these little creatures are dependent on me. Mm-hmm. And it's where's that line where I like you know, you got to do it yourself or am I helping you as mom or mm. so that's kind of what I'm struggling with. You know, as I have someone turning 11, a daughter turning 11, and it's like, when do I start making her do it for herself? You know, when am I and not be mean old mommy, mm. you know? So it's hard when like there's the legal and maternal uh, instinct well, there's no legal instinct, but you know, <laughs> the legal instinct. Yeah, yeah. In I, me. I guess I have to feed you, but I think that's in the spleen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know uh, what the fuck a spleen is. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it just sounded good. Um, but, uh, you know, as they get older, I got to 
I don't know, start bouncing out like, all right, you take care of this yourself now, you know, and that's not on me. But so when I was doing just a little bit of preliminary (laughs) research for this, are you laughing because I'm interrupting you? No, I'm laughing (laughs) because the spleen still. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Look, that was my codependency. I was worried you were you were mad at me. See, no, I don't get mad at you. Um, what the? Oh yeah, so preliminary research, I did a little tiny bit, and it was like I was thinking, is codependency just from your attachment category? And so I looked that up, and what I found was it talked some about attachment, and it mentioned trauma in there. Um, interesting, you would say like there's this place we need to get to, of where's that balance of of when am I being overdoing what I'm supposed to be doing and when am I hitting it just right like I'm doing just enough and when am I doing too little and you know I often criticize myself as saying like I set these boundaries with my kids because I'm lazy or or because I don't want to do stuff and if I can get out of it I will like I think I even joked about that on that episode about enabling and I, I don't know I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's not exactly where I, I'm supposed to understand my line like I do it if it's the right thing for me to do. And if it doesn't feel like it is, and, and granted that has to come from a healthy place, not like, oh, the laundry feels like more than I want to do today. Well, the laundry needs to get done. So if I want to feel like I have clothes the rest of the week, I, you know, I, I want to feel like doing that. But I, I think maybe that is where the healthy line is, like just where I understand my boundary. Like I can't do any more here. Like I, I've done my portion. I'm not going to go any further that's my boundary and that's gonna have to be wherever your boundary is to pick up the rest of it that sounds like you're reading your instincts if you're doing everything else in your life right you know like balancing everything out then it sounds like a like a healthy area i guess i'm judging myself for being healthy i'm not finding the right words for it but it just seems like if if you're practicing um good mental health practices and and giving and self-care and everything so what comes out as a boundary should naturally be there like it seems all like a math equation in my head like you know if you put you know like two here two here two here it all comes out you know it'll be about 10 you know you're good <laughs> so we're aiming for 10 <laughs> everybody try to be a 10 <laughs> but yeah i think growing up with like twisted family values made it hard for me to maintain like healthy friendships and so I ended up gravitating towards people that needed help and they wanted me to be around. So it was easy to have those friends. But I that was just people pleasing. I was like, I always like the underdog friends, you know, like, oh, they're misunderstood. I'll be their friend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I never considered that idea. Like I always huh. thought I was the worst person in the world and I was just glad people took me. It was like, oh, you'll have me? That's you were exactly what I wanted. So you were enabling a codependent relationship. Yeah, all over the place. I, You know, I think about when I got clean in recovery, I was working a job that I had had before. It wasn't that great. And then I, I kind of jumped out on a limb and applied for this union position, you know, in a trade and to go through the schooling and all. And I remember thinking through that process, like, well, I have felonies, um, you know, this is one place I can work where I can make a decent living with felonies. Uh, so I've really got to put all my eggs in this basket. Like, if not, I'm going to be stuck making $12 an hour or whatever. And 
when I, I went, I went through the process, which was scary as hell because I'm not a guy that like puts in applications or like if I don't know a friend of a friend who can just get me in, like I, oh, I'm beat then, right? I'm not going to go out there and put an application. I did that. I took the test, showed up for the interview. And when they were like, yeah, you're, you know, we want you to come in the union, you start this date and all that stuff. I remember the feeling, and I don't think I said these words, but it was very much the feeling of like a relationship with a girl. It was like, oh, you want me? That's great. This is, I knew this was right for me, right? Like it was very much based on if the other people would accept me, then I was okay. And that's where I wanted to be. And I didn't even realize until, you know, I don't know, 10 years after that in some therapy and, and deciding to leave that career venture that like I had a choice in what I want to do. I don't have to just work wherever they accept right. me. Like I can actually pick what's interesting to me and and do that. Like I'm allowed to. I'm worth that. And I was like, holy fuck. Amazing. Well, it was the holy fuck of that I'm worth that. That's crazy. I can't believe that. But it's also the holy fuck of, wow, look at my past. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life has been... Are you going to tell me I'm worth that? Hmm. Yeah. All my relationships, my career, everything. Wow. Yeah. So I, was that what we were talking about? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah, I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> you are worth it. We were talking about because yeah, I, I was picking the underdog friends because I had I had trouble making, we moved a lot too. So I had trouble making and keeping friends. So it was easy for me to like pick up people who like, needed extra i was like i can be that extra oh i was the underdog friend mm -hmm. I needed, we would have been friends though i needed the the girl to like be mommy <laughs> is that codependency <laughs> when the wife is more like mom yeah may, maybe yeah. Or, or has some mom qualities like the the whole caretaking yeah i might have a different label yeah i'll fix you kind of thing i i mean i know some women who struggle with that on that side of that like mm -hmm. I, I am definitely not the that side of it like i don't understand i'm like take care of somebody <laughs> who's gonna do it for me <laughs> but but it's interesting seems like a gender thing yeah uh, yeah i'm sure there's some of that in there but yeah the whole you know i mean from the basics of like helping out making the guys lunch every day and dinner every day and all these kind of things to the more extreme like oh this guy's struggling to stay clean and keeps going to prison i'll show up for him and he'll uh, live with me and I'll, I'll let him use my car to do stuff and like all that. Yeah, that was me Me to a degree. The irony was, of course, I was nurturing my own alcohol addiction. Mm. And I was like, oh, he's in rehab. I'll wait for him. I'll visit him. I'll drive two and a half hours to see him for 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Eastern Shore or No, I lived Hagerstown? in Jersey. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm only familiar with the <laughs> Maryland Correctional Institutions. <laughs> I did visit an old boyfriend in prison once. Like that was my, my lone mm. prison uh experience was i mean like, i visited people in prison some guys in florida when i lived in new jersey <laughs> holy okay yeah <laughs> no wonder you wanted to do a codependent uh, episode <laughs> <laughs> this episode has been brought to you in part by voices of hope inc a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery family members and allies together Members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls.
So uh, why don't we do the quiz? Jason. Yes. Are you currently in a relationship with one or more needy people that allow you to take care of them? One or more needy people. Yes, I have five children. <laughs> um, Are they needy? Keyword needy people that allow you to take care of them? Like when it comes to kids, that's what makes it tough. Like you got to take care of those needy little kids. So I, I think, you know, I would definitely have to say one of them feels entitled or expects to be taken care of. Not just in a, you should be my parent way, but very much in a, you owe me to do whatever the fuck I want kind of way. And that's, that's been rough. Um, looking at my history, yeah, yeah, I, I have often, and, and and when I think about it, like, I'm thinking back to times when, you know, not being faithful in a relationship, texting three, four, five different people at all times, having these, like, shadow relationships, and then finding that, like, what I really wanted from it was, it's fun to talk to you. It's nice to, it's a little escape. Also the conversation's interesting, whatever. Maybe we're sending some pictures too, and that's cool. But what I found was when I didn't really have time to participate for a day or two in those conversations, many of those people were highly distraught and dysregulated about that idea. Like all of a sudden they weren't important enough to me and I didn't care enough and I was this and that and the other. And so, yeah, I mean, they were needy people. They were feeding off of what I was giving them to, to survive. It seemed like in those moments, right. It seemed so, it seemed very bad that I could not talk to them. Okay. When another person acts, I'm going to put that as a yes, by the way. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to picture that now. Like I have a present day. You have one or more needy people. I really don't, think i tolerate it okay like i i know well it's it's hard to say because uh, i haven't seen what happens when i don't show up yet okay <laughs> i'd say no let's All say right. no. let's say i have boundaries today when another person acts negatively towards you does it affect you a lot emotionally wow so this is so hard to say right because i, I look at what it used to be and I say it's definitely way better now. Like I can picture somebody saying before that they were unhappy with me or didn't like me. And I would have been distraught for days. And now it's like a couple hours and I might think about it here and there for a day or two. But I'm not like, I guess I, I have some self-talk and some positive things to say to myself to counteract it. And I don't, I don't ruminate on it constantly for long periods, but it still affects me. Like I still don't. You don't like me? Why not? Maybe the key word is a lot. Does it affect you a lot emotionally? No. And a lot is actually two words. I would say no. Okay. So, so far we got two no's. <clears throat> when your friend does something negative that directly affects you, do you start taking it personally? I, I can't even quantify a lot yet. I'm still on the last question. <laughs> what does a lot mean? Uh, when a friend, say it again. Sorry. When your friend does something negative <laughs> that directly yell. affects you. Do you start taking it personally? Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, my therapist, my last therapist told me I take everything personally. Okay. What, you, uh, what are your answers? I want to know you too. Oh. Go um, back to one. What was one? Uh, am I currently in a relationship with needy people? Nope. Just my kids. No needy people? No. I, I have a very small life. <laughs> small life. I 
don't have a, many. I can't think. Nothing comes to mind quickly. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. And then when another person acts negatively towards you, yes. I, uh, did it affect me a lot emotionally? Yep. I have a hard time shaking that. And then when mm. a friend does something negative that directly affects me, yeah, I do take it personally. Even though like intellectually, I understand it's not personally, it'll still um, sit. I'll sit with it for a, a while. I teach yeah. people this almost on a mm -hmm. daily basis. I'm like, what people say says so much more about them than yeah. it does about you. And if you were, if it was Jim Bob or Billy Bob or, or Jane Sue in that position, that person would say it in the same tone. They would say the same words. It's not about you personally. That's just who they are and where they're at. But God, living that is hard. <laughs> yeah. There was like a snarky comment in a group email. And I, I was like, do I say something? You know, I'm trying to think of like the highest, uh, possible response you know without i didn't want to be an asshole about it but i'm like we got to resolve this and it bothered me for like a, a day and a half two days when it finally like i was like jenny chill out <laughs> oh see i so, don't want to resolve it i want to be an asshole but i want to be a oh i want to be an asshole but then i was like no no let's i want to be a passive to... aggressive asshole though yeah like, that's where i go i'm like uh -huh. i want to condescend you and be so intelligent that you feel like a moron about how much of an asshole you are <laughs> Yeah, my, my instinct isn't always wholesome. And then I go, I try to be like, oh, don't, I try to catch myself. And <laughs> sometimes I catch myself. And then there's other times when it is like, I think I'm going to catch myself. Like the whole way to the moment up until then, I'm like, I'm just not going to say it. I'm going to be Zen. I'm peaceful. I can breathe <laughs> through it. It's okay. And then the moment comes and something in me fucking snaps and I lose it. And you hear all of it mm. in the ugliest version possible and i'm like oh yeah that was me in the car on the way to school the other day sorry kids <laughs> <laughs> um next question when your friend does something that doesn't make a lot of sense to other people do you try to step in and rescue your friend yeah yeah i totally do that okay i, I definitely like well, you don't understand this side of it. Like even, oh, yeah. even other people that are, you know, I don't want to keep bringing up this thing with like my daughter or whatever with her struggles. But when there's judgment from other members in the family about, well, why is she like this? And I can't understand why she's doing this. And I'm like, I do understand. I think, you know, the, the mental health aspect, the mm -hmm. emotional dysregulation, the inability to f see past her feelings or outside of her feelings everything gets filtered through this feelings lens she has so i understand it and i try to help them understand it i don't i mean it doesn't take away my anger or frustration with the situation but i do really uh, wish other people would get it's not a choice or mm -hmm. it's not like a moral failing or something i don't know yeah and I, i've heard that from you too it's it's good it's like some may see it as like a devil's advocate thing, but I think it's just a very open-minded. Plus, you have a lot of education in this area. I, I wish it changed Not everybody does. the way I could do something about it. Because it doesn't. Because I still feel like I need to act from a place of, you're just an asshole. Like, the mm -hmm. solution, I think, is honestly still, for me, on my boundary side of it, to still, you know, act as if you just need to go do something else somewhere else being an asshole feels better sometimes yeah. for a minute <laughs> uh yeah in in the minute uh so when your friend's mood is bad does it affect your mood yeah we already brought that like up. at the fair yep and, you... and again like and i'm not trying to like cover up and say that 
you know, this isn't for how I look. Like, I don't give a fuck how I look, but it's better today, right? And, and I say that maybe to provide hope that it can get better or it looks, if it looked, if 100 was terrible mm-hmm. and it used to look like 100, it might look like 30 or 40 today. Like, it's, okay. it's a lot better, but it's still there. Like, I'm well aware of it and see it. It's in the background. Yeah, so when it happens, it, my instinct is there and I go into that mode and I'm like, oh my God, I got to, we got to all be having a good time. I can't just let this be. But I can remind myself, okay, I know what that is. I know that's mine. Like, I got to step back. I got to, and most of the time I can usually like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy myself. Like, that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of ability through coaching myself and skills I've learned. And, and honestly, one of the biggest parts, just being aware and knowing what that is. Because before it was just, oh my God, now I feel bad too and I got to do something because I can't feel bad. That's not okay. And, and just being aware like, oh no, this this is a part of me that needs to gain value and acceptance from others and, and I don't need that. I'm okay. Yeah, I get that. I still I still accidentally people please, you know, especially like in volunteer situations. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let me help. Hold on. Wait a second. I don't have enough time for that. Oh, so yeah. Who's going to watch my kids? Well, and, and I struggle with this, the parental responsibilities versus people pleasing right like there's what i believe the world expects of me and and what my duty is as a parent i have to be at every sporting game and i have to be Uh, here and i have to do this and i have to show up in this way for this situation versus like not all that's what i want to do but there's this weird fine line of like some of these things and i don't always know there's some i don't want to do but i'm gonna feel better about doing later or i'm gonna at least feel worse if i don't do even though what i want to do is sit home and not go to that game so it's like this fine line of like i'm not sure which one this is is this that i really don't want to go and i shouldn't or is this i don't want to go but it's going to feel better if i go Hmm. it's tricky fucking addict brain yeah it's all fucked up is it just addicts or is it everybody because it's probably everybody but billy would say addict brain and he's not here so i had to throw that out there for him (laughs) <laughs> little essence of Billy. Uh, do you struggle with perfectionism? I need that cologne. <laughs> He's got that Matthew McConaughey draw. I'm like, I need some of that. All right, all right, all right. Fucking addicts. <laughs> what was the question? Do you struggle with perfectionism? Do I struggle with perfectionism? Uh, you know, what's the old saying? Only on days that end in Y? Yes. Only when I'm awake. Actually, that's not true because I'm like, I didn't sleep right last night. <laughs> wow. I'm a perfectionist even when I'm asleep. Hmm. That's fucked up. Do you, do you worry excessively? Uh, yes. Yes. And, 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 you know, lately, a lot of ruminating thoughts of terrible things. I have, and I don't want to, oh God, I don't even want to share this because I feel like other people are going to then have a thought about it and it's just awful. I have these weird intrusive thoughts from time to time of just like gruesome, horrific, fucking worst thing you could imagine scenes happening to like my kids or loved ones or stuff. And I'm just like, what in the fuck makes me think of that? Yeah, that happens to me too. Like that needs to go away. That is the curse of having a colorful imagination, I think. Is it? Yeah. Oh God, why can't I like paint pictures or something? I know. Well... Yeah, I just have to catch myself. But yeah, violence like, towards my children. F- I'm like, and if I think about it too hard, am I going to make it happen? That's my self-centered weirdness. Uh, yeah, that's great. I'm like, oh, that needs to just 
fuck off somewhere and never come back. I blame like TV too sometimes because I'll I don't watch a lot of TV, but if I'm passing through the room and there's something like weird going on and it catches my eye, then it gets in the imagination uh, cycle. You know, like now I got to think of that. Thanks. So, so, uh, and I'm picturing like this happens just randomly at the most dumbass times. My kid is like on the soccer field, seven years old, having a good time with the other little seven and six year olds. And I'm like, oh my God, the ball is going to get kicked real hard by accident somehow. And, and it's going to just take his head clear off. And I'm like, wow, but that's a, <laughs> well, that's kind of funny, right? Cause yeah. it's kind of hilarious to imagine that. was that a little Looney Tunes, yeah. Right. And, and it went that way on purpose, but like, it's that, but really gruesome and horrific. And I'm just like, what in the fuck? Like, uh-huh. this is the most natural, joyful event ever. And I'm sitting here with this crazy, you know, catastrophe, catastrophizing yeah. uh, the event. I don't, weird. Yeah. But yes, yes, I worry a bit. Yeah. A lot. I know time. if I could just clear out my like Rolodex of gruesome images, like I don't really need that. Like who put rape in here? I don't need that. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm not doing this quiz right enough. Is that, <laughs> does that tell you okay. anything you need to know about my, yeah, I tricked you too. I mean, it's kind of a longer quiz. Sorry, but let's think of it about a shorter quiz with two part questions. We'll just think about okay. it that way. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But okay. <laughs> Do family members tell you that you do way too much to help someone you know that is addicted to drugs or alcohol, or actually, do they call you a codependent? I think we can also insert, it says, do family members tell you that you do way too much to help someone you know that is addicted to drugs and alcohol slash mental health, or do family members actually call you codependent? Uh, No, no. And I will, that's not going to be something I get accused of. My, uh... My interaction with the world is not from a place of doing a lot, I would say. Like, I I have more of a low energy mood that I go into when things go bad. So all my extra work and stress and and anxiety is all in my head and nothing actually Ah. happens. So I'm not like going out of my way to do all. (laughs) Is there a mentally codependent versus a physically codependent? I bet you that is unstudied. Action-oriented codependent? Yeah, but nobody, nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, he does way too much. <laughs> but if you look at my calendar, it does seem like I do too much. Hmm. It's interesting. All right, I'll give that a no, then. After you compromise and give your friend what he or she wants, do you feel a lot of anger and resentment? Yes. In past situations, I'm thinking about more specifically here, like because it wasn't a compromise. It was this is what I need from you. Mm. And they're like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it as long as you'll have me. (laughs) Mm. I'll accept that. Um, So, yeah, pissed because that's not what was going to work for me. And I knew that. And we were really just getting back together to get back apart in the next week when it happened again and I couldn't tolerate it. Um, today. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, if I give in on what I want, yes, there's definitely anger, but I don't do that as frequently. Okay. Do you spend a significant portion of your time worrying about what your addicted friend or family member should do? And you can substitute the word addicted with whatever. Yeah. This this quiz was definitely angled towards addiction. I would say thinking about it, yeah. 
You spend a specific, yeah, because you're one of those mental codependents. Thinking about uh, how things could have went different, how this situation should have went different, what what they should be doing, what I can do to help them get to that place or make them get to that place. I, I say help because it sounds nicer, but really it's like, how can I force this? <laughs> how can I make it? What about you? Um, significant? No, I maybe I do. I do, maybe. I, I, I definitely know. put time, effort, thought, and resources into trying to make things go the way I want them to. So I feel like that just fits in as a more general version of this. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't. I'm not going to sign up for that one. I don't spend a significant portion of your time. I'm. I'm a little more self-centered these days. Do you always make sure that your needy friends' needs are taken care of, and then realize that your needs really are never addressed? Not often, but in times of crisis, I am realizing that uh, I, I put myself in a position to try to do everything I could for an individual. And, you know, really, it, it took a, a, a drastic event to kind of stop for a second and, and, you know, slow down like barbiturates <laughs> and uh, and realize, oh, shit, like my my health is not being taken care of like i'm missing all these things that i do to take care of myself you know the self-care stuff because i'm having to run to do this for someone else and and that's i think that's tricky with a kid like to know where that is like at some to some level like they couldn't drive themselves to things that i thought would be useful for them and all that so i felt like i had to but i definitely did not want to because i i I mean just thinking about the idea of like, oh, taking them to get emergency care in a crisis and taking them to this place and having to sit with them in these places because the adolescent can't be there without an adult. And it's like, I don't want to fucking do any of that. But I did think it was the next right thing to do. But yeah, missing out on all the stuff I felt like I need to do for my life. Mm-hmm. So they were they were coming first in that situation. And that's tricky, right? Can you imagine going out in the world and telling like society, yeah, I need to come first, not my kids. Like I need to put my fucking yeah, that wouldn't fly. oxygen mask on first. And they'll all maybe agree with it in sentiment. But then when they see the situation, they'll be like, well, you should have done this. Oh, yeah. You should have did this. That's your kid. Mm-hmm. And, well, you fucking do it then if you like it so much. Like, right. <laughs> you want to save the children? Why don't you do some work and shut the fuck up? Sorry. <laughs> That was mean. <laughs> that came from codependent area. <laughs> I feel shame. Um, let's see. Do you believe that you are totally dedicated to the welfare of a person you know who has an addiction problem slash mental health? Not right now. Okay. Uh, but a week ago, probably. Doing a lot of time Googling, trying to find answers, trying to see if things were possible, see if financial uh, situations would work out for certain things yeah okay when looking back at your relationship within the last year is it true that you can't remember many happy moments yes yes you cannot remember many happy moments correct not with that particular individual there wasn't much happy no is it difficult to determine how you feel about something and express it hmm not so much. I mean, there's times when I am hesitant to express how I feel about something because I think it sounds ugly uh, or sounds like that's not what the world wants to hear. Yeah, but, but you determined it. 
You just uh, chose not to express it. Yeah. Well, I still usually do express it in some places, but it, it's hard to. Like, I got to mm-hmm. set myself up like, ah, here we go. I'm going to say this. Mm. <laughs> it's going to land how it lands, but this is my truth. Okay. Do you frequently hear excuses from the other person about fulfilling their own responsibilities? Fuck yes. They, they, I, I yeah. do the answer to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is no ability for any personal responsibility from that person. None. Like literally zero. Do you feel that you should be responsible for how others act? No. Okay. But that's funny because we do put on parents that how your kid turns out is something you did. That, yeah. That's... Which, it's a fine line. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some of what you did in there, but, you know. Look at twins and tell me why they come out different and then tell me how much parents really affect them. Right. So, I, you know, but that that is an, an old uh, thought in our society. Yeah. yeah. Kids are what you make them out to be. And you did this to them. You babied them. You spoiled mm-hmm. them. You, you fucked them all up by making them happy somehow. Yeah. Well, my instinct is to judge too. And I see, then I'm like, wait a minute. I would, I would like that if somebody did it to me. You gave fault. your kids yeah. a good life. That's where you fucking went wrong, asshole. <laughs> We want our kids to have it better than us, but then we're pissed when they do have it better than us. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Is it difficult for you to say no when another person asks for help? It really depends. Um, I mean, there's still a strong feeling that comes up in me like, oh my God, you suck if you say no, if you don't step up and do this. But there is also a strong part of me today that's like, this is where my time goes. And and a lot of times I have excuses because I have shit already planned. Like most of my life is planned out. I mean, we talked before the episode about what my next week looks like. And like, if you could find five minutes in there, good for you, right? Like Hmm. it's it's planned out all day, every day through next Saturday. And I can tell you right now, if somebody asked me to do something next Sunday, I ain't fucking doing it. That's my day. Like I'm not doing it. I I already know this. So I have some boundary. boundary. Yeah, I have a boundary around my time now very limited when you try to change a situation that your friend is involved in do you feel remorse later for trying to change it yeah hmm that's an interesting question i i really don't know i know i I think think i would need an example yeah that's like skip that one like say you tried to make their situation better do you feel bad about it like i'm maybe you feel like you were trying to force yeah i don't i don't think so I, i mean i can't picture it okay have you ever tried to orchestrate finances, even through borrowing money, to help someone else pay their debts or contribute to their drug problem? Hmm, I don't think so, but I'm also funny about money, too. That seems kind of like a privileged question. Well, and, and so recently, thinking about what might help my situation, uh, I was like, well, we'll send her to one of those six-month wilderness, you know, change-your-life kind of camps. And it's like $50,000. And I was like, I, yeah, I just can't. You're going to have to learn the hard way. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, that's fucking, I guess only rich people get healthy. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking with this question. I was like, there's no orchestrating on this level. Like, I can give you 20 bucks. You know, like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do you need a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got some turkey in my fridge. <laughs> Do you notice that your time is spent more on another person than taking care of your own goals in life? Now, I would say usually no. I did just have those couple weeks where I would say, yeah, like it was impeding on all the things like the job, the 
self-care, the everything. Um, right this moment? No. No, I don't. Okay. This, this, this quiz results will be interesting because it's like old Jason, new Jason, emergency Jason. You know, there's kind of mixed results, but we're almost done. Well, and I think that's a good point, you know, for the people listening here is that like, this isn't a stagnant state. Like, I think we have a standard operating place and we hope to improve that and, and change some things around. But yeah, when our internal emotional resourcing is, you know, strapped to its limits and, and like taxed and overwhelmed, we're going to be a little different and, and we're going to be a little different in these situations and others. And I don't think the goal is ever like, I sit here with my legs crossed floating like nothing affects me like i don't think that is ever really my goal i i honestly let's be true it is my goal but <laughs> i have some level of acceptance that that is not going to fucking happen and so uh, you know if we can be easy on ourselves like we are gonna fluctuate we are gonna fall into old patterns and really to look at myself today and say okay i'm not at that hundred level of pain and and self-harm for helping others I'm at the 30 or 40 and maybe I recognize after two weeks that this is really taxing and awful for my life and I have to change it then after two years, right? Or like, that's good. That's fucking good. Like, that's not mm -hmm. bad. That's not failure. That's not, oh, here I am again. That's, oh, shit, there's something different happening here. It, yeah, it's some of the old behavior, but like, there's a lot different happening. And, and that's a good point. Like, we're not in one static place of codependency ever. Mm -hmm. You can have seasons. Seasons of codependency. Mm -hmm. We're entering a season of codependency. I was in a winter. <laughs> I'm falling out of it. Some are better than others. <laughs> well, spring yeah. into action. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, do you lose time at work due to another person's drug or mental health problem? <sighs> Fuck, I did recently. Not sure I had much of a choice about that. What do you do when it's a minor and you can't just make them do it themselves? Like mm -hmm. the hospital literally says you have to fucking be here 24 hours a day. Like, yeah. I, I didn't want to. I wouldn't have chosen to. Going there, my idea in my head was you're getting dropped the fuck off and I'm out of here. Like I am not sitting through all this. I hate hospitals. I can't stand it. I don't mm -hmm. care how much of society says be with your kid in their time of need. Fuck all that. You go be with them. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm leaving. But then they told me I couldn't. So I, I want to say like my active decision was to do the healthy thing for me and not be quote unquote codependent, but I didn't have a choice. So that feels unfair. Okay. They were like, we're going to call CPS if you're not here. I was like, good. Tell them to come fucking sit with her. <laughs> <laughs> Threaten me. Yeah, we're not. I mean, Sorry. we know this community, this, you know, where we live here is not set up to support mental health. <laughs> Um, have close friends or family members asked you why you are still friends with another person? I can't picture that today and in my current situation or, or at any point today, but definitely in my life, people were like, why are you still with that girl that you break up with every mm. third day? <laughs> why do you keep going back to her when she's sleeping with 14 other guys? What's up with that? I'm like, I love her. Oh. Not really. I hate myself. <laughs> That's the real answer. Uh, here's a good one. Do you have difficulty sleeping due to the problems with another person? Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah. I So I'm a guy who has had a lot of difficulty falling asleep throughout my life and have had some freedom from that at times. And, and you know, 
a lot of times now through meditation practice, I can lay there and say, I was at, at 9 p.m. If I'd have laid down, I'd have fucking passed out. I almost passed out sitting up, right? But then at like 10.30 when it's actually bedtime, I'm like, well, here I am just laying here. What is this, right? <laughs> Where'd that tired go? Bring it back. <laughs> um, but I, I've had that, you know, through meditation. I, well, I'll just lay here and focus on the breath. That's comfortable, right? I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing's expected of me. I can just relax and we'll see what happens. That very, you know, that nice open Mr. Rogers kind of view of the world. Like, we'll just lay here and relax and see what happens. And maybe we'll paint a little tree like Bob Ross or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, lately that has not fucking worked. And, and the meditation practice too has, I feel like has suffered. Like there's just so many intrusive thoughts of, well, you could have did this in this situation and that would have did this. And maybe you should have like, maybe this would have, and maybe this is how you need to move forward when it does go all good. Like, yeah, a lot of mm. trouble falling asleep again. Do you have trouble falling asleep? Uh, not lately, but I have, you know, I have my seasons, mm. you know, but things have been going okay lately. Actually, right at the start of school, you know, I, was, I almost anticipated it. You know, the anxiety of a new routine and like, oh, I hope they're happy. I hope everybody's healthy, healthy, especially this year. Mm. So... But, uh, you know, after, it was a couple days of it, and then I'm, I'm usually pretty tired by the end of the day, so this grateful I can December. sleep well. This is my snow-covered home. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know that song, but... No? It just... It, I thought or else it was, I'd sing with you. It's a great analogy for, like, just when things are sad sometimes. Like, it's, this is my December, right? Even though, I think it should be, like, my January. December sounds better in the song, I get it, but, like... December's got Christmas and shit. That's all lovely yeah, and family. Yeah, parties and like It's more like this is logs. my January. Like this is my empty. I, I think it's February for me. F- football season ends, football season ends. But there's Valentine's Bowl, Day. And then it's like. Valentine's Day and President's Day weekend in February. Singles Awareness Day? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck is Valentine's. You I are pessimistic. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. That's ridiculous. You have kids though. Don't you send little hearts to your kids? That's my mom. <laughs> my mom will send Valentine's cards to my kids. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love my mom. but And look, is that stuff thoughtful? Absolutely. But I, I just, I don't know. She's from the Hallmark era where Hallmark convinced mm-hmm. everybody you're a shitty person if you don't think of people and send my them a Hallmark card. My mom literally worked at Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had a part-time job at Hallmark. So yeah, I'm also Dude, product the of the Hallmark generation. Convincing an entire universe that you're a fucking shitty person and you should feel ashamed of yourself if you don't buy our cards and send them to people to let them know they're thought of is it's brilliant. outrageous. I so I don't buy cards that much anymore today, and every time I go, I'm I get such sticker shock. Like four dollars and fifty cents for a card? Are you kidding me? I I can't. I go home and draw a picture and tuck a picture of my kids in there and be like, here you go, dear listener. If you are not ashamed of yourself for not telling everyone about our podcast, you should be. You should definitely feel like you should yeah. just tell everyone about our podcast and you should probably be donating like Sarah and Julie. Thank you, Sarah and Julie. Uh, because, you know, if I could convince everybody what Hallmark did, I would, we would be You know successful. what you need to give this Christmas season? Recovery sort of. <laughs> there you go. Under every tree. Just do it before Christmas. Do it now. Mm-hmm. Early What's Christmas. our next big holiday? Halloween. Yeah. It's already Halloween. Trick or treat. Dress up as yeah. recovery. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. We got to work on this. <laughs> All right. Have you ever wondered why you are still having a relationship with a certain friend? Not not so much now, but yeah, like in my relationships with women, it's like, what? 
you know, the friends are asking you why you keep going back every third day to get back with them again. And I'm thinking the same. I know this is going to fucking end horribly again in three days. Why the fuck do I keep? I just have to. I can't not. Here's your last question. Whew. Long test. Have you ever had a strong feeling that... I thought you were going to say a threesome. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> have you ever had a threesome? Um, is that a codependency? <laughs> I don't know. Did the did the other person uh, make you? Like, was it a... Was it a... I don't really want to have a threesome, but they said they would leave if I didn't invite another person into our bedroom or couch or pool or hot tub or wherever. Good question. But now you can hashtag this podcast with threesome and see, see what threesome. attention you get. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a strong feeling that you are or were in a codependent relationship? Yes. Boy. Yes. I mean, yeah. Strong feeling or new. Like once... I hate that point. It's like that point of uh, drug use or that point of codependency where you're no longer in denial. You actually know. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't, this isn't even a question or maybe. This is I am, and I still can't stop it. <laughs> That's a shitty point. Mm. So uh, you probably know the result. It's you may have already been told you fit the codependency definition. Hmm. You may already realize that life is tough with other people and all you want to help. Jeez, that was written weird. But you get sucked into helping them and it seems to overtake your life. You recognize that the real you has been suppressed by the relationship you have had and you want a better way. It goes on. What's the opposite of suppression? Expression? Suppression. Uh, I want to express expression. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I want to express myself. <laughs> express yourself. We heard a lot of songs today. Why do I feel so singy this Sunday morning? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean... I kind of knew coming in that there was definitely codependency in my story. Uh, there's definitely a lot of codependent relationships. Definitely a lot of low self-worth where I gained value from who I was with. Um, in fact, I, I mean, just remembering back, like being around, you know, an environment, maybe a work environment where there's multiple prospects for possible suitors. <laughs> God, there's a lot of chicks that I'd like to bang, right? Let's just say that. <laughs> in uh, layman's terms. In layman's terms. Um, Lay. And, and remembering like, I had my ideas of like, oh yeah, this is the one I think is probably, you know, the rankings in my head of, of what's most appealing to me. Not to rank people, not for that Matt, purpose, but just for me, right? Like, well, this would probably be the ideal. And then this one, if it's a nice second prize i guess whatever i don't that sounds fucking terrible i know and you're looking at me sorry <laughs> anyway but i can remember that value judgment switching depending on what the group of guys in that environment said right like if their general consensus was that my number five was really the number one oh she's the one oh she, yeah everybody wants to be there I'm like, oh, well, she's definitely the number one. Then I gotta go there, and and I like that's the story of my life. Even when I came in recovery, there was a girl who was like the it girl around my general area, and I was like, I gotta get with her. Like that is that's gonna make me have arrived, right? Hmm. If I can be there, that really tells everybody who the fuck I am. Yeah, does it really? I don't. I mean, it didn't apparently in your codependency. What it told everybody was that they had competition and they were still going to try to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's what it told everybody. There's one thing in the way. 
I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew there was codependency there. Um, actually, through this conversation, pretty happy to see the growth. Like, I see a lot of growth in me where it's not really there or not there as drastically most of the time. It is uh, nice to, like, review the before and after, see how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy-ish. This is a good segue. Why don't we talk about solutions? Oh, are there solutions? So solutions to codependency is awareness and education. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, knowing your needs. Like and your... subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, knowing your needs and boundaries. That's such boring work, but it pays off. Oh, it's such hard Knowing work. your needs and boundaries, reviewing your relationships. Like, I don't know what you do, but I actually, I, I literally have a journal and periodically like do the written out work and organize like my needs and boundaries and you know mm. do you do it that way that's just no. how I, that's how i process it no and, and so my jury is still out like on the suggestions we're, we're given right now i don't know and maybe this works in tandem but i don't know if just okay i know my boundaries that'll make me healthier i don't know if acting on them is what brings a feeling of feeling better about ourselves later or if we need to feel different first before we can act on them. Like, I'm not sure which order that works in, and maybe it's both, because every time I ask an or question, the answer is truly yes. It's the only real answer to any or question, yes. But but I do, I think they can work in tandem. Like, as I start to feel different, I can start to take actions that are more in line with my boundaries, which makes me start to feel even more different, which makes me able to take more changes in my boundary work, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it can work like that. But I'm not sure in that beginning stage that I am capable of doing anything different. Like even when I knew, like I said, that point of like knowing what's going on, being able to recognize, hey, drugs or this relationship, these are a fucking problem. I really have to do something about it. Totally incapable of doing that from the place I am in and the way I feel. Like there is no alternative to this besides jumping off a fucking building. That's the only way out of this at this point. So, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying knowing is a bad thing. Like, I think it can help to bring awareness and, and help us to get to that point. But I don't know that we can just, well, now I know my boundaries. I'll just go out today and act on them and, and I won't worry about how I feel afterwards. Yeah, I can see your point because when I, you know, when I first started recovery, I didn't even know what the term boundary meant. It took like a lot of like mental massaging to get to this point, like it, you mental know, years. <laughs> Is that like? Does it come with a happy ending? Is that the mental <laughs> masturbation? <laughs> the mental massage. But I mean, all these <laughs> concepts, like kind of thrown at you in your first year, and I was like, I didn't know what the terms were, what it meant. It had to. It took a while to get where I'm at now. So yeah, to take someone. So this who, happy ending you got. <laughs> I'm gonna tell everybody. Jenny had a mental massage and had a happy ending. <laughs> off the rails <laughs> went totally off the rail so in addition to knowing your needs and boundaries knowing your feelings uh. do, so you know like i remember in the beginning too just you know beginning recovery they we started our group meeting with how are you feeling and you had to come up with like a real feeling because people be like tired bored whatever you had like you had to come up with a real feeling like, excited scared disappointed tired and bored are real feelings but they're more like physical exhaustion feelings. Maybe bored it would would be. But people people couldn't say tired. Mm. You couldn't just say tired. Hmm. And bored, well that's just boring. I'm so come exhausted. up with a better word. 
I'm not tired. I'm exhausted. Okay, you're exhausted, but isn't there a feeling associated with that? Like I feel a, uh, um, I don't know, what if desperate for energy. What if your emotional or mental state is exhausted, not just physically? Like there's many days I physically do nothing, but at the end of the day, I'm drained. Emotionally worn out. That's three words. Just a thought. Anyway, just a okay. thought. Yeah, I don't. We don't anyway, have to argue but, about. <laughs> but you know, I think of that like there's it's that feelings poster. There's one here, right over there, and it has all the little different feelings words, and so those lists benefited me to know my feelings. Yeah, and and I think knowing your feelings is is really important, and knowing you know your bodily experience at any point in time. Big proponent of body scanning for whatever's going on. I think though we tell a lot of people, oh, you need to identify your feelings and feel them and know them, and we don't give them the resources to learn how to do that because a lot of us are either societally cultured growing up men to not feel and not be in touch with any of that or completely ignore it to the point where we don't have any practice with it and so we need to actually teach people how it's not just what are you feeling it's like Mm -hmm. okay uh let's start with some exercises and feeling and keep practicing them until you learn feelings and maybe that's exercises of just squeezing your hands and and noticing what goes on in your body when you do that maybe that's progressive muscle relaxation maybe that's sitting still and body scanning often enough and frequently enough that it becomes like you start to feel something because a lot of people don't feel anything at first Mm -hmm. they're like i don't feel nothing i'm just sitting here it's weird and then like you do that for three months and then you're like all right i kind of feel a tingling today it's weird it's tingling and then from there it builds right maybe that's practice uh kind of like uh feeling charades like what would someone look like what position would they take what facial expressions would they make if they were angry or sad or empty or hollow or right mm-hmm. uh, they were all negative emotions i noticed uh that's the ones i go to <laughs> but but you know through practicing like the bodily positions and the facial expressions you start to take on those yeah. feelings too and so you get an idea of what their experiences like so i just if we're out here telling people they need to feel let's practice with them let's help them let's teach them how to feel i think that's a thing we don't fucking know and then people just shout at us to feel our feelings and we're like i don't know i don't know what i feel nobody ever showed me how i do it because of you dad (laughs) um you yeah i did it because of you dad good point um people who are codependent need to basically reparent themselves, you know, um, encourage, nurture, love, give yourself the love that you didn't get maybe as a kid. Yeah. And that uh, comes a lot, I think, from the attachment categories, right? We, we talk mm-hmm. about the codependents and I think we would look at them as the insecure, anxious attachment as me type um, where it's very like, I'm not okay if I am not sure that we are okay. And, you know, I, even when things seem like they're okay, I'm going to ask anyway because I'm hyper vigilant to the cues that it's not. It's like a security system on, high, you know, red alert at all fucking times in your body. Like something's wrong. He left a bite of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the bottom of the bag after lunch. I know it's because he doesn't love me, right? Like or she. Like, I don't want to gender it, but yeah. I guess to summarize, it's it a is... season. Summer. Summarize. Stop uh, Stop seeking <laughs> external validation. And oh, yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Codependency is bad. Just stop. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, if, if you can achieve that, super. But, you know, 
strive towards stop seeking external validation. I'd like to insert here too. So this week, coincidentally, I got a call from a friend who has done a lot of personal codependency work. She was calling me, you know, about something. And I said, hey, this week's podcast is about codependency. Any tips for the audience? And I liked her summary. So I wanted to read it. Uh, One, no one is responsible for you, but you. Two, you can't fix other people. Three, look at you through your eyes and not through other people's eyes. That's dangerous when you hate yourself. I I like the idea in general, but in the beginning, Hmm. You're quick. I never even thought of that. (laughs) And four, don't let other people fix you. Mm. But I want to be fixed. I don't know. But no, this is great. I think this is valuable information and a good time. Mm-hmm. It's always a good time. Thank I you. I hope you guys are codependent on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, uh, you know, from my experience and, and life, I would say if what we call in 12-step recovery outside help is available, I guess other people in other forms of recovery might just call that help, not outside help. Um <laughs> Yeah, if that's available, if that's something you have access to, go get it, man. Uh, There's so much that therapy can help with. Just having somebody to fucking talk to sometimes, somebody to vent to, a place where you can say the ugly truth that you don't really want to say in the rest of society. Like, we need that. Um, If that's not available, find people who are healthier or who look like they're doing some other stuff and just work with them right buy codependency or or you know self-love workbooks i'm sure that shit's out there i don't have any recommendations because i have not done it that way but like i know all these things are out here and all of it can help like the more positivity and focus we put on awareness and finding information and feeling better like the better off we're gonna be so please don't don't live miserable man life is just too goddamn short Mm -hmm. anything else no thank you all right have a good week uh try to be less i don't want to say try to be less codependent try to be more in in love with yourself and and self-validating to the best of your ability at this particular moment and celebrate uh those victories where you have them and you know do the best you can until you can do better all right take it easy bye did you like this episode Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.